despite a big loss last weekend, the prime effect is still taking hold of college football. Plus, we have a great conversation with Philadelphia Eagles legend Donovan McNabb. It's Friday, September 29th. I'm Eric Fisher, and this is Front Office Sports Today. I'm here with my newsletter co-author, David Rumsey, to talk about a couple of big things going on in the business of sports. But particularly, David's been spending some time out in Boulder, Colorado, getting a firsthand look at the prime effect. Um, Colorado got off to a great start, 3-0. and Big loss uh, this past weekend at Oregon. Another tough one with number 8 USC coming into town. David, you're going to be there, but uh, I uh, really want to get into what you're sort of seeing with the overall lift of this athletic department. Uh, uh, even though they're 3-1, and maybe 3-2 and here, there's some real meaningful change here that you're seeing. Yeah, of course. I think this was, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere that Deion Sanders came to Colorado and then the influx of media attention all summer long. They backed it up coming into the season. And as you mentioned, lost to Oregon, have a really tough opponent, former uh, reigning Heisman Trophy winner and Caleb Williams and USC coming to town. But that's part of the circus. Fox Big Noon is back on campus, you know, broadcasting the game. It's pregame show. There's going to be tons of celebrities here for this USC game. It's hard to imagine The Rock was at the last game, and now and Little Wayne uh, started the game off with a song, and now we're going to up that with this USC game all at a 10 a.m. kickoff uh, here Mountain Time in Boulder. So there's a real interesting sort of dynamic I see emerging as it relates to expectations here that uh, – you know, as we saw with the Oregon game, uh, there is a big still talent difference between where Colorado is and the very upper echelon of college football. But this is a team that went one and 11 last year. And so for all the sort of hype and bravado, getting to six or seven wins in one year, that's a quantum leap. But for some people, given all of the attention, that may not be enough. And how are you sort of seeing that sort of expectation game play out? Yeah, I think what I've learned talking to people who work at Colorado, who have covered Colorado for a long time, the Buffalo fans or the Buffs as they call them are really, you know, passionate and have been here all along, even through that 1-11 season. And because of that, they were really easily able to parlay this entry of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, into a lot of financial success this year. In, in Thursday's newsletter, afternoon newsletter, we reported that Colorado Athletics is seeing a 42% increase in sponsorship revenue, and that's across the whole athletic department. So it kind of shows, yes, what the football team is doing, but the just general fan base they have there and the support from the business community, and they're certainly making the most of it. So shifting gears to another big topic that you've been spending some time with, the the pro football world is all agog about Taylor Swift and her new relationship with Kansas City uh, Chiefs star tight end uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Now, Travis Kelsey was already a big star in his own right, hosted SNL, uh, Chiefs two-time Super Bowl winners here in in this recent era. Uh, this was already a, a game, this Bears game this past weekend was already in the in a major late afternoon slot. They've got another major primetime game. This is already a team in a league that was already doing very well. I just find it really fascinating that the entry of this pop superstar into the NFL orbit is just taking an already very healthy franchise and a very healthy league into a whole other place here. 
Yeah, exactly. We had Travis Kelsey on this podcast ahead of the NFL season. I wish I would have known to ask about his dating life at that point. But here we are going into the Sunday night football game in New York at the Jets. Our colleague Michael McCarthy has reported that Taylor Swift is going to attend the game again. A lot of people were anticipating that as she lives in New York a lot of the time. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for football fans, you're saying, what's the big deal? Like, you know, we've seen people, the players date celebrities before. You had Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen. And it's just kind of like, oh, what it is. But we see the demographics coming out. All these young female viewers watched the game uh, on Sunday that maybe hadn't been watching the game before. We'll see if that trend continues on Sunday night. But you know the NFL is loving it. You just look at their TikTok last week on Sunday. They said Taylor was here in their profile. And I think that says all you need to know. Yeah, I think you raise a great point here because this is, again, a team in a league that's really maxed out on a lot of the traditional uh revenue lines, at least among sort of the traditional fan demographics. Uh, but particularly young women and girls coming in that may have not paid any attention to the NFL before. That's a completely new pond that the NFL could fish from. And it's really interesting, again, that, you know, we talk a lot about where's the next wave of fans going to come? How can leagues and teams expand their fan base? We're seeing this literally play out in real time. Yeah, exactly. And it's maybe not even that they weren't fans, but they're paying even more attention now, right? The NFL gets all kinds of viewers, but it, and it goes beyond just the, the Fox broadcast or the NBC broadcast. It's going into the TikToks. It's going into Instagram, um, Twitter, or X. It's really spreading into this pop culture phenomenon. Travis Kelsey on his podcast this week said he had paparazzi outside of his house, and that's not normally what uh, tight ends in the NFL have, and it's all part of this phenomenon that the league is definitely capitalizing on. Well, something we're going to be continuing to watch here and tracking it across all of our platforms, but for now, I want to thank David Rumsey for spending this time with us. Thank you, Eric. Coming up, we have an interview with Donovan McNabb, former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback and host of the Five Spot on OutKick. From running back contract negotiations in the NFL to NIL regulation in the NCAA, there's a lot going on in the world of football. McNabb is going to give us his takes on all of that and more after this. All right, joined now by Philadelphia Eagles legend Donovan McNabb and host of the Five Spot on Outkick. Welcome, Donovan. Oh, thanks for having me. How's everything going? Going great. Great. So, um, yeah, tell me about your, your show. It's just a few episodes old at this point. So, yeah, what's um, uh, what are you doing to this? Well, it's a new and exciting show to be able to break down different things that happen throughout the weekend in sports. Uh, if it's football, if it's, uh, you know, any other sport that may be going on at that particular time. But right now, obviously, the hot topic is uh, is football with the NFL as well as uh, college football. So we've had a lot of interesting topics. Uh, which we've talked about, obviously, with uh, the 3-0 start for a lot of different teams in the NFL, the 0-3 starts, the 1-2 starts, uh, why things are happening, what are they missing, uh, things to look for in the future, and then also in college football with, obviously, the rankings and top teams playing this past weekend uh, and a lot of matchups that possibly could hurt hurt them or help them uh, later on down the road. And for the NFL, what surprised you so far, you know, three weeks in? Well, uh, number one, probably the Miami Dolphins and their their fast start of what we've seen so far from an offensive standpoint with Mike McDaniels as well as uh, Tua Tonga and 
and their offense and then their defense doing a pretty good job of neutralizing opposing offenses. I would probably say the slow start uh, for teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, teams like the New York Jets, uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, and the list goes on. I think for what we've seen thus far in just three weeks, uh, teams that really didn't get involved in the preseason uh, are starting to struggle. And that's what the NFL is right now, right now. They're sitting out a lot of their players during the preseason, and we're seeing a rusty start by a lot of different teams, although it's a long season, but you want to get off to a good note. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of interested in that phenomenon and how, yeah, I understand why, you know, most of the big players don't get a whole lot of time at all during the preseason. They want to save them for when it counts. But if you do that, when it counts, they they don't look like the star players that they are. So should teams make an adjustment? Should the league make an adjustment there? Or what do you think? Well, the adjustment was they wanted to add more games and, and limit the preseason. And that's when you've seen a lot of the inner squad scrimmages as well as, you know, these these teams coming together and practicing all week. So come game day, so to speak, for what we see on, on TV or a lot of fans get a chance to sit and watch in the stadium, the star players don't play. Uh, so I think for uh, what we've seen thus far, uh, they will have to probably come together and try to figure out a a way of trying to make it a little bit more competitive for the fans, as well as make it easier for a lot of the players coming into the the regular season. Because right now, I mean, besides the Miami Dolphins, besides uh, you know the Star Commanders hat um, and the and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, you look at some of these teams that we thought that would be up at the top of the list because of their given players, they're starting to struggle a little bit, and so that may be a little bit of a reason why. Uh, as they decide to make changes probably in the next couple of years uh, to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, speaking of those changes, the NFL, I think, is pretty keen on adding an 18th game to the regular season. Right. Is this a reason to maybe hit the brakes on that? Uh, well, they've already made made it 17. So um, I, I'm going 18, 19, now you're really dipping in hot water, I believe, because now you're adding more games and more wear and tear on the body. So that means you probably would limit the preseason and those that are on the bubble, those players that are on the bubble, it's an opportunity for them to be seen by other teams now are limited. Uh, so it makes it tough for a lot of those players to be able to showcase their talent and ability uh, come game day, which we've seen on the weekends uh, for them to be have some film to send out to other teams. Yeah. Uh, shifting topics a little bit. So, there's been this ongoing dispute between running backs generally and their teams, or they're saying like, look, we're, we get, you know, beat up during the games. We're not getting paid enough. Uh, you know, teams don't want us for, you know, they're not, especially for second contracts, you know, you just get rid of us and, and draft the next guy. Right. Um, do running backs have a case here or is it just, you know, they get paid what they get paid. And like, that that's kind of the unfortunate truth. No, they actually have, um, have a lot of meaning to what they're saying. And, and being a quarterback, I mean, that's one of our security blankets. And we, we don't have a problem with turning around and handing the football off because it takes a lot of pressure us as quarterbacks. Um, and so what we've seen over the years, I mean, from the McCaffreys to uh, the Kamaras to Saquon Barkley's, uh, you know, the Derrick Henrys. Uh, yes, it's like running into a brick wall every single play. It's just like an offensive lineman. Uh, it's needed in any offense to have a running back. Um, to be able to pick up the blitz, uh, catch the ball out of the backfield, as well as run the football, especially on third and short, second and short situations, possibly even on, on the goal line, uh, to be able to get the ball into the end zone. And so they should be paid and rewarded as such. 
And I'm a big supporter in what they were trying to do and what the message that they're sending, um, because it's very, very important and very vital to a lot of different offenses and organizations across the league. Yeah. And I do feel like just in the early season, I mean, maybe you can always find examples of this, but I feel like you you saw that on that Dolphins game where they they scored 70 points. Running backs are, you know, they're proving their value in, in in a lot of these games. Well, it's funny because everyone overlooks that. They look at the points. They look at the points and they look at, uh, you know, Tua kind of going 22 for 22 or 23 for 23 at one point. And they think it's just a 7-0-7 match. Uh, but they didn't see the running backs get over over 200 and 300 yards of uh, of rushing attack. Uh, I believe two of the running backs over had over 100 yards in that particular game. Uh, I'm pretty sure half of people in the world wouldn't know who the running backs are in Miami, but uh, it was it was really critical uh, what they were able to do. I mean, I think just this weekend alone, um, there were there were over six or seven running backs who had a hundred yards or more, um, and so I just think that's going to be a focus, and it makes it hard for a lot of these running backs in college because of seeing what's going on in the NFL because. They feel like they'll be overlooked come contract time, uh, even if they have 300, 400 yards, uh, excuse me, 340, uh, 400 rushes a season, where now we're talking five, six years in, people think you're pretty much hitting the wall at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Um, so, and also the NFL right now, they have a grievance against the NFLPA claiming right. that the, you know, the NFLPA is encouraging running backs to exaggerate injuries for um, for contract leverage. Um, do you think, I mean, I'm curious about your thoughts on that, but also I'm wondering if when you were a player, you know, players would, you know, uh, exaggerate injuries or hide injuries to, um, is that something you saw a lot, you know, whether it's for contracts or just to get on the field? Uh, I've never seen it. Never seen it. Never a conversation of, of trying to hide injuries. Um, now, as, as far as you being healthy enough to play, not everybody's healthy. Come come week eight, week nine, you're battling through a lot of different injuries. Now, now we all know, and, and I think more of just reality of, you know, if teams are trying to use that against you as far as your injury uh, history is concerned, then yeah, you may try to find some way to finagle your way to make you make you look healthy. Um, but do you feel healthy? No one ever really feels healthy during the season or even right after the season. You, you, that's why we have the off season. That's why you take time to get your body back to where it needs to be. Yeah, definitely. I want to jump into college sports a little bit. So um, obviously the the Deion Sanders phenomenon has kind of taken over sports generally. He's kind of the biggest right. biggest show going right now. What do you think has made, obviously they won their, lost their last game, but what do you think has made that him and that program as successful as they have been so far? Well, you know, it's funny because what Deion has done is not just so much for the Colorado um you know, student body or Colorado University, he's brought a shine a lot of light on college football because in the beginning of the season, there have been a lot of talk about uh, placement of where teams are going to, where schools are going to end up going, what college are be a part of. Remember, this happened about 10 years ago when everyone was saying that there were just going to be five conferences uh, and they're going to be run by pretty much the those particular schools and there's no no more NCAA. We already got rid of the, pretty much the BCS uh, in, in the computerized system. Uh, now it's pretty much they, they had a team and a unit uh, that meets, I think, every five to six weeks or so uh, to figure out the rankings and figure out who's going to make the playoffs and, and so on and so on. So 
Uh, I just think right now with Dion is brought, he's brought a little light to recruiting. He's brought a lot of light to the transfer portal for those kids that are going in those transfer portals and ending up at other schools. Uh, and then he makes it a little bit more competitive by, by just trying to motivate his team. Now, what happened last weekend when the coach from Oregon and Lanning, you know, his conversation in the locker room, I didn't have a problem with it. I think that's where a lot of these coaches are starting to use a little bit of fuel to motivate those guys and also help themselves in recruiting. Now, when you try to act like that you're not doing the same things or won't do the same thing that Diaz doing, then that's when you try to now dodge the situation to try to make yourself look better. That's the only advantage that that can help you at this particular point uh, when it comes to college football because this isn't the draft. Uh, free agency pretty much is the transfer portal. Um, and then the reality of it is when the guys can jail on the field to see if you can achieve that common goal. Yeah, and you touched on a number of interesting factors there. Um, Long term, what do you think the, you know, we could call it the Dion effect, but I guess we could just even broaden it out a little bit further. Where do you see college football kind of progressing toward um, in terms of, you know, everything you just mentioned um, and, and how, like Dion and his his aggressive use of the transfer portal is um, is really kind of shaking things up. Well, I, where I, I think college football is going to end up being almost like NFL football. I mean, right now they have twelve games, um, and if you're playing in in the playoffs, that's an extended season. Uh, free agency pretty much is already the transfer portal. Uh, the payments and money, as far as almost contract is concerned, is the NIL. Um, so. It's almost comparable to, um, I guess, what we would say the XFL and and some of these semi-pro leagues are because if you're not happy with whatever school that you you are, pretty much you go right in the transfer portal and become a free agent, and you can go from Alabama to Texas A&M, or you could go to North Carolina and end up at North Carolina State. You know, it's just your choice, and then you know you communicate with those coaches. These coaches now can communicate to some of these kids by going through their DMs or or whatever it may be, reach out and contact them uh, to bring them board. So I just think where college football is, we have to take into account you're at school to get your education. Um, and that's the most important thing. And a lot of these schools, I mean, are great academic schools where after football, life after football, you can go right out and make six or seven figures um, if that's what you choose to do or you have a plan B. So that should be the first mindset uh, for a lot of these kids. And obviously playing football is a bonus and you want to make it professionally, but you have to have a fallback plan and a plan B. And that would be get your degree and be able to uh, fall back on that if things don't work out as far as football is concerned. Yeah. Um, Before we let you go, I'm wondering, is there an NFL team? I guess you could pick a college team, too, if you've got one in mind. But I'm thinking NFL, a team that uh, maybe we're not talking about so much right now, maybe either because of a rough start or just people don't quite believe in them. But you think we will be talking about, you know, by the end of the season? Well, I think there's two teams in the NFL. Uh, One team, I think, will be the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Indianapolis Colts will be a team from a progression standpoint with Richardson as their quarterback and obviously their new coaching staff, we will start to see them, especially in that division, where if you look at the really the team to beat in that division, to me, would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they can get to that level and at least split with the Jacksonville Jaguars and find themselves with about eight or nine wins this season, that's a winning season for the Indianapolis Colts with the rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. 
So I think the Indianapolis Colts will be a team that'll be more of a sleeper team in the NFL. As far as a team to keep an eye on, I think uh, we talked to Miami Dolphins, uh, but just in that that division alone, I mean, you talk about the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I don't think that the New England Patriots uh, will be far, far behind. Um, the Jets will be, but <laughs> I think the Dolphins will be a team that we have to keep an eye on because I think offensively, I think it's sustainable if Tua can stay healthy. If Tua can stay healthy, it could be one that we'll be talking about the Miami Dolphins possibly uh, representing at home, maybe against the Buffalo Bills or maybe against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, as far as college is concerned, you know, I think the team that I think we should all keep an eye on is the Texas Longhorns. I think when everyone was talking in the summer more about Arch Manning going to Texas, but they have a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons on the outside, a lot of weapons on the defense. Uh, and I think Quinn Yours uh, is a guy that everybody needs to keep an eye on because he could possibly end up by the end of the season going into the draft, being the third or fourth quarterback taken uh, in the draft. Donovan McNabb, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Good luck. That's all for today. Thanks again to Donovan McNabb for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks again, and enjoy the weekend.